This is John Cackley with Centrix Biz and Tech Talks Podcast. This is part two of a discussion with colleagues about a major data and analytics engagement. Joining me are Carlos Cruz, Sean Nevin, Jeremy Grunwald, and Ted Perez. So uh, what challenges did you face as a team, and, and are these challenges you know, common, or were they sort of unique to the client? I would say I mean, we hit a lot of different challenges, which is to be expected. Uh, most of the challenges that we faced were things that that you expect, but there were a few that that I would say were unique to this to this client. the The typical stuff was, you know, understanding as you're talking to stakeholders, there were a lot of things that were coming up that were important to them, but just trying to take that and turn it into something that was actionable uh, is typically very easy. But when you play it back to them, they they like it, but aren't always willing to action on it. So just kind of working through getting it to something that the, the business is willing to sign up to do is a thematic challenge. One challenge we did not uh, anticipate, which was uh, a little bit unique to this scenario and context is that our, our client had invested pretty significantly in establishing a digital group, um, you know, a group that was focused on innovation, focused on going after high value, quick hit, new technology types of advancements. The the way that the organization was described to us was that they were, you know, kind of off on their own, using their own technologies that were different than uh, the technologies of uh, the rest of the organization on purpose. We met with them, understood, you know, what they were doing, looked at what they were doing from an integration perspective. You know, how will we serve them as a stakeholder and consumer of the data that we were going to serve to them with a data platform? As we went through our solutioning and came upon a final platform, data platform that we were recommending, what we realized was that this this group was not only a consumer of data, they were an influencer of technology platforms, uh, and they were very much, had their own platforms. They were on the AWS platform, and the the rest of the organization was very Microsoft-centric. So while... Our analysis pointed us towards a Microsoft-centric solution for this particular client. It was a little bit of a surprise when we met resistance from this group. And so what we did, the way that we approached it, was engage them, understood you know, what, the, what it was that, that was causing them to oppose uh, or want to influence the technology. And they had some good reasons or wanting to have a unified platform, worked through it with them, and then shifted. We ultimately shifted the solution to be a single platform. So this was something that, you know, oftentimes you'll get something that just comes out from seemingly nowhere that you have to address. Our approach of being technology agnostic, making sure that we define the appropriate architecture, allowed us to kind of take it as it came and rework the solution without you know, we didn't come in and say we're a Microsoft shop, and therefore, when we had to go to AWS, we got eliminated. Uh, it was really what's the right technology for this company. You know, we hit an obstacle and, and had to pivot midway through. 
Cool. Yeah, that, you sort of anticipate the next question there of, you know, for a lot of people doing this sort of assessment, uh, the data analytics, a lot of people think the main thing they're going to get is the architecture they're going to get, you know, by this tool or this, you know, set of six tools, whatever that is. And I've seen your your architecture diagram and or the roadmap. And to a, a non-data person, it's uh, pretty daunting. So there, there are so many different technology players out there. I mean, what, what's your approach? What are your sort of criteria in terms of identifying the technologies that are the right ones for a given situation? Well, that's the real challenge in some in some ways because <laughs> there are so many because there are so many out there. There are so many tools and so many approaches and so many ways that you can combine those tools. So. In this case, it involved a lot of research and debate. I, I think what Sean said earlier about the guiding principles was really key for us. So we worked with the CIO to understand not just what the goals of the business are, but also what guardrails there should be around the technology decisions. And so there are choices that you have to make all along. For example, uh, some solutions might be really quick and simple to implement, but you give up a lot of control. Uh, other solutions, you know, give you the opportunity to control every aspect, uh, avoid vendor lock-in, that sort of thing, but might require a little bit more work on your part. So, you know, from him, he was able to say, well, in our case, I would prefer, you know, not to be completely uh, beholden to a single vendor, but it is more important that we deliver business value quickly. And so that helped guide us, you know, in one direction or another. This um, is guiding principles then. Right. right. It absolutely does. Yes. So that was one of them was in his case, one of the guiding principles was rapid delivery of business value, more important than control and avoiding vendor lock in. And there were a list of other ones, but those really helped us narrow down our focus a little bit. Um, there was a lot of uh, other guiding principles or other discussion that we had around who's going to be building this, who's going to be supporting it. What do you already have? You know, they had a fairly small internal IT organization and they had um, outsourced the control of their servers and data center and networking to uh, a provider. And they had also outsourced quite a bit of their application maintenance and support to an offshore provider. And so choosing technologies that would be more supportable and comfortable for those people uh, helped us narrow it down quite a bit. And a lot of the rest of it is just reaching out to other members of Centric, uh, other friends and people that we know in the industry, doing a lot of research. I, I think in a lot of cases, the key was, it was sort of a process of elimination. You know, we were trying to serve um, people who wanted traditional reporting, we were trying to serve people who wanted uh, financial and general ledger information. We were trying to serve people who were looking to get, you know, executive dashboards and and be able to see sort of the trending of how the different parts of the company were doing. We were trying to serve actuaries and data scientists who wanted access to large amounts of data. Uh, so it was really sort of all over the map. And what we'd end up doing is we'd start with uh, a, a straw man, you know, architecture and start looking at okay, well, if we put these technologies together, how do they fit? Are they supportable? And can they do all the things we're talking about? And then we'd find a deal breaker. And so we'd end up eliminating a lot of things until we came back to the, until we came down to a solution that we thought would actually meet all of the needs. And it got to the point where 
honestly, there weren't that many <laughs> solutions that would right. actually meet all of those needs. So right. um, it, it took us a while and it took us some work, but it was actually easier in a, in, in a certain sense that we ended up with fewer choices at this company than we might have elsewhere uh, because of their constraints. Cool. So, so those guiding principles, of course, they sort of turn into criteria. Uh, do you did you come in with a here's a list here are your your 15 possible criteria and guiding principles? Choose three, or did they sort of develop organically through the discussions? That was a concerted effort, specifically between uh, our group and the CIO, because we knew how we knew how uh, how busy he was, and the fact that he couldn't travel with us and and be present for all of the technology discussions we were going to have. So we sat down with him over the course of a couple of days and said, you know, here are the kinds of choices or trade-offs you might have to make. Here are the kinds of things that you might need to consider. And we let him drive, okay, well, this is more important to me than that. This is something very important to keep in mind, et cetera, and came out with that list, I'd say in pretty, in pretty short order. Um, and then it, I think it did get a little bit refined as, as time went on and as we started presenting back to him what we were hearing or what we were finding. There were a couple of cases where things in, a, in the technology space that he was not particularly interested in or comfortable with, he became more interested in and more comfortable with as we worked out what solutions might actually best fit with what he was looking for. So again, it does come down to that sort of partnership and trust approach of we weren't pushing any particular technology solution because we love it or because it's the only thing we know how to do. In all cases, it was, here's what you've told us is important to you, and here's what we've heard is important to the business. For these reasons, here are the things we think you should look at. Cool. All right. So uh, in the end, did the project take as much time as you expected? Longer, shorter? Calendar-wise, you know, I think we kept to the schedule that we <laughs> we can't we kept to the schedule that we predicted, um, and you know it was important that you know we had worked out a timeline and a budget for the strategy with this client, and we we stuck to that. In fact, we came in I think under budget by a, a fairly noticeable amount. But in terms of the amount of time that it took us, no, it probably took a little bit longer than we thought. There was significantly more travel than we thought there was going to be. We knew there was going to be some, but not quite as much as there ended up being. Uh, this team, I think it was such an interesting and difficult challenge that we we kind of spent morning, noon, and night together for the entire length of the strategy. And I'd say, I'd say in terms of waking hours, it probably took longer than we thought it was going to. <laughs> okay. I would echo what, what Jeremy said. You know, these types of engagements... There is a process we go through that's pretty systematic, but you never know what you're going to uncover. So you just have to be okay with uh, the fact that sometimes you have to just roll up your sleeves and work through it, and it might take a little bit longer than you anticipated. Uh, having said that, it, you know we we did come in on time and under budget, and I, I think the the CIO was pleased with the outcome. What was your favorite part of the project? What was the, the thing that you thought, oh, I'm, I'm so excited I got a chance to do X? For my part, um, what was really an unusual ex uh, opportunity for us was starting something from scratch. Uh, this company you know, has been around for quite a while, but most of their technology investment has been point solutions and, and tactical. And so they were quite open to the idea that 
really they needed something to they we needed to start with a clean slate and start with something and and design something new now of course we needed to incorporate the data from all of their existing uh mm -hmm. systems and databases and and we needed to you know we couldn't simply get rid of things that they have today but the space that we were playing in they didn't have that much uh today so the opportunity to come in and and work with a company and not have those kinds of constraints and say be able to say this is really you know we, we get to pick what is the really going to be the best solution for you and and build something new is uh was a lot of fun i think for all of us and i think we we enjoyed working with them on that and and enjoyed learning a lot uh in the course of the project process or for me, I think, was as part of the entire strategy, and I think you've seen the deck, there there was a component around data governance, and that's uh, one of my passions. So I was fortunate to be able to bring that uh, to the team as well. And, and our client also realized the value in establishing governance rather early, particularly in the light of rolling out this comprehensive sort of data architecture. And sort of rethinking how they want to manage data at an enterprise level. So it was really great to have those conversations with the client that are like, yes, we know we need this, right? And and it's also echoed in, in a lot of the interviews as well. So it wasn't like thing where we're telling you you need this. It was, you know, it was sort of arrived there together. Um, our client had already prior experience with data governance. So she's like, yeah, we need, we need to have this. And the approach was also pragmatic too, where we could adjust on sort of like where data governance could apply. Uh, I think our initial strategy was project by project versus trying to uh, try to roll out an enterprise data governance approach and knowing all the challenges there. So sort of back to Jeremy's point around delivering early and delivering you know often, we, we were in lockstep with the client in terms of their realization of the benefits of doing data governance, particularly in these early phases, as well as like we know where we want to go. And she was, you know, sort of instrumental in ensuring that that vision was always there. So for me, it was great that we could have this as part of the overall architecture and strategy is this component of, right, so now you're going to own it. Like, how do we do that? Right. How do we set a set our organization up for success? people process technology and you know what are we going to work with the organization to ensure and enforce that happens you know long term and so we were we began early traction um, in that working on a couple of you know real projects so i think for me that was very fulfilling it was, it was working with a very dynamic and broad team we assembled a team specifically for this project that included both longtime trusted contractors and also partner companies. We pulled people from across Centric and, and different BUs, as well as our own Chicago-specific expertise. And, and then also out to India and using that team in order to complete the project. And I think, you know, experienced the real power of, of who Centric is and what we can bring to the table by being able to take, you know, the, a disparate group of people from across the country and in the different organizations and pull together what I think was an excellent solution and an excellent team. Cool. So I think it's a great 
overview. I think it tells a lot about what you did and a lot of the fun you had and a great working relationship. Is there anything else that you want to talk about that I, I didn't hit on, I didn't ask about? I, I um, think it's interesting that you implied that we had fun um, with each other because, I don't know, while it was a good and uh, intelligent team, not a lot of fun to work with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I, I've well, seen you guys uh, at lunch. Was, I'm not buying it. <laughs> that's just because we made fun of Carlos the whole time. The rest of us had fun. all right that wraps up our discussion thanks again to carlos sean jeremy and ted for joining me and thanks for listening